Welcome to the American Cinematographer Podcast. Go behind the scenes with today's top filmmakers as they discuss the techniques they bring to the art of motion imaging. Hello, this is Ian Stasikevich, and I'd like to welcome you to this American Cinematographer Podcast. This is part one of a two-part podcast where I'll be speaking with Michael Slovis ASC about his work on the AMC television series Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is the story of Walter White, a high school chemistry teacher who finds out he's got cancer and resorts to selling methamphetamine to secure his family's financial future. The show takes place in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where Michael extrapolates on the work of past Breaking Bad cinematographers like John Toll ASC, Vianaldo Realobos, and Nelson Cragg to create some of the most arresting images on television. And now, on with the interview. Looking over your resume, you see shows like uh, CSI and Fringe and Breaking Bad and Rubicon. It seems to me that you're kind of the go-to guy for uh, sort of like the gritty television drama series. What attracts you to these kinds of shows? I really like to shoot shows where the photography or the look of the show is a character in the, in the show. Um, just getting it onto film is a little less interesting to me than something where, where, where we're looking for an emotional edge uh, to express each show. With Breaking Bad, it seems like it's, it's a little bit different from the other shows that you've that you've worked on because you know, you've got CSI and you've got Fringe, you know, which are very, very specific genre shows. Uh, they're very specific genre series. And with Breaking Bad, you know, it's, it's, it's like a traditional drama in that it's about this middle-class family and they're very real and relatable middle-class family problems. But on the flip side, you've got uh, the very uncommon element of the drug trade entering into the middle of all that, cooking methamphetamines and organized crime. How do you approach such a complex show from a visual perspective? I'm still working on it, actually. It's a great, it's a great question, and it is absolutely, for me, it's a process. Um, I approach Breaking Bad like I do every other project that I work on. I look at what the what the script is about. I look at what the story is, and I look for a way to creatively, but not really surrealistically, uh, convey the story and express the scenes. Um, I am very very concerned with the emotions of the of this of the story. Um, I'm much less concerned with the reality, what the reality of what the lighting would be, um, or what the look would be. Uh, at that particular moment or in that particular situation. I'm really interested in helping the story along emotionally, but not overpowering it. I, I never want people to look at it at stuff that I've shot and say, look at look at look at the image. It's it's all about that image. I, I think that I'm very fortunate in that I get to shoot shows that are very dynamic, very strong, very, very uh, well acted, well written shows. And therefore my photography can become even that much more expressive uh, without becoming overbearing or interfering with the way that the story's told. It's a very stylistic show. One of the things that struck me when I first started watching it was the amount of, of space that you can leave open in a frame. Like there, there are shots of, of Walt in the field with the RV when well, him and Jesse are out there cooking and you've just got the, uh, the lower third of the screen is 
the the ground and the RV and then the other two thirds is just sky. And that seem it seems to me that that's very much like what being in Albuquerque would would be like just a lot of open space. It's exactly it. I mean, you've you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, when you go there, that's what you are impressed with. You go there and you look at the sky and you look at the clouds rolling in and you look at the look at look at the flatness of the desert and you go, holy smokes, look at that sky. So why not find a frame that really conveys that to somebody who might not be there or has never been there? It's a very specific look. Shooting in Albuquerque must have been a challenge because you have a very limited, it's a very flat city and almost monochromatic. You know, you're in the desert. It's an amazing city and it's a great place to shoot. It's, it is flat if you look in one direction. It's mountainous if you look in another direction. And it's sort of rolling hills if you look to the south. So you really get a little bit of everything when you're out there. Fortunate for us, the flat deserts that you see in, uh, in, in Breaking Bad are actually right outside the doors to the studio where we shoot. So all of our sets are built on two big stages there. And, um, and then we step right outside the gates of the studio and you have like a backlot, a desert backlot that goes on for miles and miles and miles and miles. If, you look, if you're looking south and if you're looking west, if you look to the east, you see mountains. And you'll, we often will go up there as well and shoot in, you know, or use the mountains as a back as as a backdrop to other kinds of scenes. So you really have a wide variety of uh, of geography there. I mean, it's 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 wonderful. You came onto the show in its second season, correct? Yes. yes. Uh, what was it about the first season that compelled you to take the job? The story. I had just finished traveling back and forth uh, for CSI. I live on the East Coast, and I had just traveled, finished traveling back and forth for. Uh, two and a half years commuting every other week or every third week back to my family in New Jersey. And uh, I just did not want to travel anymore. When I got a call for this little TV show that I had never heard of in New Mexico, and I answered the call and I said, you know, my, my agent said, this is what it is. It's a little show and, you know, it's a, uh, they'd really like you to come out and do it. You were recommended by a very good friend of yours, Adam Bernstein, who actually directed two of the uh, shows, season one and two shows in season two. An incredibly wonderful director, who, by the way, is very was very instrumental in developing the graphic style of the show. I mean, he was one of the first directors that they had. He and Vince worked very closely together. And, and during the first season, he was very, very in, instrumental in developing the, uh, the, the Breaking Bad, quote-unquote, approach to, uh, to recording scenes. And so uh, I actually just hung up the phone and walked away. And my wife said, you know, what was that? And I, I said, uh, well, they want me to go shoot this show uh, called Breaking Bad in New Mexico. And I said, and she said, what'd you say? I said, you know, I'm not interested in traveling. And she said, call them back right now. She said, I've seen it. It's great. It, you, you're, you'll love it. It's for you. So I called them back and I said, could you please send me season one? The next day, season one arrived and we sat down uh, to watch it. And from the very first shot on, I was hooked. I mean, when this, it's just a shot of a road and a pair of pants comes down in slow motion. And it was just a, a series of questions that very elegantly got answered as the show progressed. But also, whenever one question was answered, another question popped up. And so there was just a series of mysteries and questions that really weren't buttoned up until the end of the episode. And even at that point, there were still questions free for the next episode, which is kind of the, the writing style and the dramatic 
uh, style that Vince uses in structuring both the shows and the season. So at the end of watching the season one, I turned to her and I said, well, you did a really, really bad thing here. And she says, I know exactly what I was doing. And I called them up and I said, uh, I'd be very, very interested in, do, in, in working on the show. She got you hooked. She absolutely got me hooked. And it's, and it's very interesting because my wife approaches everything from story. What is the story? Uh, is it a great story? Will it benefit from a great look? It's a very valid approach for cinematographers. It really is. Is your wife a, a collaborator in that sense where she helps you filter the jobs that come through? <laughs> yes. She's a, a it, 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 it absolutely takes two people to live a life like this. It really does. And she is an absolute partner. Um, I let her read everything that I'm considering. And I even run ideas uh, uh, through her before I uh, actually take them out into the field and show them to the people of, of power. So, uh, yeah, my wife, Maria Heredier, is an absolute collaborator in everything that I do. You mentioned before uh, Adam Bernstein, who recommended you uh, as uh, the cinematographer uh, for season two, uh, he was he helped develop the whole Breaking Bad approach. Can you explain that a little bit further? Sure. It gets down to the process of getting a, uh, a an episodic show on the air. It's not an easy thing. There are lots of caveats. There are lots of loopholes. There are lots of mountains to climb. Um, as much as any of us can think something through completely, Boy, I'll tell you, the number of problems that come up are just enormous. And so when you start a show like that, you go in with a very solidified approach, but you quickly learn that things have to be adjusted. They have to be adjusted because of weather. They have to be adjusted because of change of locale. They have to be adjusted mostly because of budget. You have a wonderful idea to go in and everything's going to be shot on a technocrane and everything's going to be shot steady cam and everything's going to be shot this way until the studio says we don't have enough money to have a technocrane every day. We don't have enough money to have steady cam on a daily basis. We don't have enough money uh, for camera cars, you know, uh, five, five episodes, uh, you know, for five days out of each episode. So everything has to be adjusted. The amount of film you're shooting is too much. The amount of film you're shooting is too little. We want to shoot it digital. We want to shoot it this. We want to shoot this particular stock. I mean, everything boils down to how much is it going to cost and, and what's the benefit to the show. And with the different styles of shows that are out there, it's the benefit to the show that becomes the dominant factor into what it is that you're going to get to do the show. So when they were starting, because I was not involved in season one, to develop season one, they were limited by the number of days to shoot, which is for us is eight, and it was in that season as well. Weather coming in, size of the sets. One of the interesting things about Breaking Bad is we have, when I first got there, I was amazed. There, There's very few backdrops outside of set windows. So that helps dictate how things are going to be done. All of these things. Well, they had no money for camera cars, let's say. So in Breaking Bad, you'll see in season one, almost all of the car stuff is handheld in the car, either from the back seat or from the front, on one person at a time. That was purely pragmatic. It's just that there was no money at the time. And, and, and because a camera car also takes time, more time than a, than, a normal, than a normal setup, which they did not have, they said, okay, so what we'll do is we'll jump in the car, we'll do it handheld, and, and then it became a style for the show. So shows take on an organic development on their own, especially through the first season. Uh, the first season is a shakedown for any show. You learn so much by doing those. It's so easy to come in in season two or season three and to just build upon what's been built already because the work has really been done uh, to lay the foundation for what's going on. In its second season, 
Breaking Bad went from being this little show to a very big show. Were you given any uh, any further allowances as the show gained in popularity? It's what attracted me to the show because when I got called for the show, um, uh, the first the first contact I had with anybody from Breaking Bad was from AMC. And uh, the two executive producers got on the phone to me and they said, we have this show and we'd like you to consider it. And we really want to develop a look for it. We want it cinematic. It's a dark show. We want you to help take this character to this dark place. Uh, We want it to be very much in the style of the 1960s and early 70s. Uh, Many more wider shots than what is currently on television. Much less coverage. More interest in, in blocking the actual desert and the city of Albuquerque are key characters to what we're trying to do here. We'd like to see them more. I said to them, you know, do you know what you're asking here? Because, you know, what they're really asking for is a much more cinematic approach than, than, than many standard television programs. The reason that standard television programs, at least more conventionally shot television programs, exist the way they do is because after the, the shooting takes place, there's a, there's a repossession of the show by executive producers and showrunners and, and networks, and they want the flexibility to cut the show the way they see it. AMC's approach is very, very different. AMC's approach is to let filmmakers dictate how the show, the tenor of the show, and how it's going to be conveyed. And I guess in their first year, they were sort of chumming the waters, looking for different approaches. And and they said, this works, this doesn't work, this works, this doesn't work. And as things got whittled away, the style for the show really started to emerge. That's interesting that you mentioned the 60s and the 70s approach to filmmaking because what you're describing is almost like an auteur theory for for television production it was it was rare i mean it absolutely did not exist when breaking bad uh uh, started there was definitely high-end production for television you know uh don't get me wrong on that and beautifully photographed stuff i mean stuff that is just would be beautiful in a movie theater or television you know on a big screen television or even on a small screen it doesn't matter the stuff is so beautifully shot and beautifully conveyed but this is more this is this is less about the lighting and more about the placement of the camera the movement of the camera the choice of where the camera is going to be at a particular time and it was really very very much uh, a throwback to the uh, late 60s and early 70s um which is is, is, is is a time period, I have since learned, is a time period that the folks up at AMC really, really like. And one of the things that I should say about this is that it didn't feel forced. The first movie that Vince told me to go look at was French Connection. He said, this is a movie, when we were talking about what the style of the show is, he said, this is a movie I love. I love everything about this movie. Um, uh, uh, in, so so when we were, all the movies that he was referencing to me were in total sync with what AMC was talking about. So there was a, a fairly clear picture. Now, our job was to contemporize that. Our job was to bring that style into the 21st century or in, into 2008 at the time. How did you go about doing that? Our, our show doesn't look like a 1960s uh, or 70s movie, except if you start looking at some of the shot structures. There, there's, there's definitely an eclectic feel to it and a, and, and, and a shout-out, if you will, um, uh, to those kinds of films. But it's not, we're not emulating and we're not, certainly not copying. When you talk about shot structures, are you talking about close-ups and, and wider shots? You know, we're, we're going back to cinematic 
here? And how do you bridge the gap between cinema and television? Television, um, because of the um, of the schedules and whatnot, was, and because of the the desire for producers to be able to control what was going out and how they wanted to tell their story in the end, was very much shot in a in a wide shot, medium shot, close up uh, scenario. Um, it's it, it's very formulaic, and if you really look back at a lot of a lot of earlier dramas, um, uh, they really did um, uh, follow that kind of pattern. Maybe there was a shot every so often that broke out of that, which is why I show like when 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 Law and Order came along, and all of a sudden it's handheld, and the camera is making moves that that it never. People woke up and said, "Look at that! It's it's wonderful," which it was, and it was revolutionary, which it was, and all of a sudden people are running around with cameras on their shoulders, and it just started an entire new way of looking and, and storytelling. I mean, even a lot of these handheld sort of um, docu comedies like The Office now and. Uh, uh, Modern Family, which are incredible shows and which have integrated that handheld style, docu-style, can look back to Law & Order starting, I can't think of another show, can you, that, that did that before, you know, older than 18 years ago. I mean, that's when that show started. NYPD Blue did that and the whole shaky cam racking focus or zooming in in the middle of a shot is what you're talking about absolutely and why that that slipped my mind nypd blue definitely had that but they were you're right they did a lot more in the sort of 60s zoom style uh thrusting you into the frame uh but now it's become convention and even breaking bad which is you know 80 percent or 85 percent handheld owes a little bit of homage to those to those guys very few people did it with wide shots and that's another thing that breaking bad does i mean very few when when, when i first got there and, and, and we went to our first, let's say, shots out in the desert with my ca- operator from New York. And they said, okay, we're going to do this wide shot of the desert with a little teeny tiny van, uh, Winnebago, driving along the bottom. And they said, um, we want it handheld. I mean, my operator and I looked at each other and we went, really? I mean, you can't be serious. And, and, and uh, because it's just something that it, it's just not done we had never done it before and especially if you use certain kind of filtration where we where, where you use a graduated filter to bring down the sky and all this other these other tools that we use to to improve or enhance the image you start to see that stuff and they said no no that's what we do here we're, we, we do it handheld and now it's just part of our vocabulary i bring it to other shows as well and the vocabulary of television is changing it's almost on a collision course with cinema and do you think there's going to be a point where uh, you won't be able to make the distinction between cinema and television or do you or do you believe that there is a television aesthetic and it has its place I don't I don't believe that there's an, a television aesthetic I think that great storytelling is great storytelling whether it's on television in a movie theater on YouTube on an iPhone you know it doesn't matter it, it I think that if you tell a story effectively and, and beautifully and emotionally, um, it's going to work. I have seen, and, and everybody, you have as well, gone to the movies and paid your $11 or $14 or whatever it is, and you walk out and you go, oh, my God, it's, it, it's, it's, it, it was shot, you know, like a 1960s sitcom. Um, uh, it was unfulfilling. It was unemotional. The camera was not in the right place. I think if it's really emotional and if the, if the craftspeople... Um, uh, do it right, you have a meshing. You, you, you cannot separate the writing from the photography, from the performance, 
from the directing, from the choice of angles, from the editing, from the music. It all blends as one. Unfortunately, it's rare when it all really, really comes together and you just go, that was wonderful. Whether it was happy or sad or, 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 or stressful, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, but when it all works as one, it's just, it's just, it's, it's a great thing. And, and you come out of it very satisfied. And when it works, it really works. And when it works in a movie theater, it really works. And when it works on a television screen, it really works as well. We also have the tool now. And, and, and because the, um, the, the, the imaging devices that we now view television on have changed so dramatically, um, uh, uh, the, our, our, our vocabulary has changed as well. You know, uh, to, to, to put some of the shots that we use on Breaking Bad um, or, or even on Rubicon that, that we just finished shooting onto an old CRT-type television, they never would have held up. But now, where everybody's watching uh, on flat screens with resolutions that are were unimaginable 25 years ago, um, we can put on images that really can support the story. And, and even in a different way than, than movies, I believe, um, because uh, people watch television very differently. Television shows usually don't change much once a style has been established. How do you keep things fresh? There's an overall tenor to Breaking Bad that, that we like to maintain, sort of a vocabulary that we're working on. But within that vocabulary, uh, directors and myself are free to write as many interesting sentences and paragraphs as we care to. Um, there are definitely ways that we tell the story on Breaking Bad. Um, but um, it's, more, it's more expanding and open than it is constricting and limited. Um, you're just, it's, a, it's a wider choice of shots and a wider choice of storytelling techniques than, than you have in many, many, many shows. In fact, I've gone on to other shows since doing Breaking Bad and I forget where I am at times. And I'll bring in, I'll, 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 I'll suggest a shot and directors will just look at me quizzically and go, well, that, that just doesn't work. Because <laughs> what wor- might work for Breaking Bad won't work for Rubicon or Running Wild. And also because the shots would work, maybe not as well. The shots would work, it's just not in these, these guys and women's vocabulary to do it. That's all. When you're in the Breaking Bad world, you're surrounded by people who think in this way and think about, the art director thinks about the kinds of shots that we're going to do, long, wide, so that the sets are dressed from a particular point of view. The wardrobe thinks about the kinds of shots that we're going to do, so 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 very often there is a an arc to the color palette that happens um, and, and, and it becomes a character in the story. Everybody, the actors, everybody is aware of how we tell the story. And uh, so everything gets adjusted and everything fits into this organically. It's not something that you have to go in and, and force upon the situation. Uh, I'm sure they did in the first seasons. And certainly when I got there in the second season, we, we forced a couple of little changes. But for the most part, now everybody is so on board with what's going to happen, it, it, it tends to present itself. And if you break from it, then you kind of notice it. You go, oh, that's not really in our vocabulary. That's not the way we tell the story here. But certainly the show must evolve on a visual, along a visual tangent, just as the characters are evolving and changing, you know, along, along their own arcs. 
Yes, and and yes, it absolutely does. And it and 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 every so often, I like to, with with Vince's permission, throw a a, a yield sign on that road, or 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 throw a fork in the road, and say, you know what? Now we're going to go this way. You thought we were going to go that way, and that's really what the show does. I think extremely well. You're driving along, and you think you're going to go, and you're heading east, and you're heading east, and all of a sudden, Vince says, "No, no, no, we're heading south now," and we change directions. And I like that unpredictability about it. How do you know when it's time to change directions? The script tells me and the characters tell me. And we know, we know that Walt is heading towards a dark place. So Vince will say things to me like, you know, he's really going down, Michael, now. I mean, he's really heading to a, a very dark place and I want you to take us there visually. Uh, he'll, he'll say something to the effect of, I like what you did last season, but go further now. Vince never says do less. Ever, ever, never. He always says go further. Well, give me an example of, of, of going further. Um, shooting shooting uh, stuff in complete silhouette, bringing us into, into places where we can barely see what's going on. Uh, shot structures that are, are that maybe where we play with focus and certain things that you might want to see uh, in focus, but our show puts you out of focus. There's a great shot that Brian did at the end of the season three opener where the uh, two cousins, after blowing up this hay truck that, that smuggled people across the Mexican-U.S. border, are walking away. We kept the focus on the flames as opposed to the guys walking away, which I thought was such a telling moment, putting our focus, the focus of the audience, exactly where it should be. And also leaving a great question open. What's going to be next? It's the, it's the final shot of the season three opening show. It's just a very, very telling, very telling shot. We do that a lot. I mean, look at the season two finale. Season two finale is, 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 is something that Vince pre-visualized and brought to reality. It's, it's remarkable. He always knew that he wanted to see that explosion from the little teddy bear's point of view. It's the first image of the season. It's an eyeball floating in a pool. For heaven's sakes, we don't account for it until the last shots of the entire season. But it was always there. And then we chose to do it in the POV of that eye as it's falling from 40,000 feet after a collision of two airplanes. I mean, how extraordinary. Speaking of questions, like you said, they opened the season with these images of the bear in the pool and, and the wreckage. And then later on this season, you see two body bags out in front of the White's home when you, you question more questions, who's in the bags. And then at the very end, it all comes around. And you're, and you're, comp- and you're reminded just enough during the course of the season that we haven't forgotten this with those black and white images. And we, and we, we knew we wanted them to be flashbacks. We knew and we played a lot. I mean, we really didn't. And, and, and it, it, was, it was my idea to throw in, to, to discuss with Vince, making them something different. And we played with a whole lot of ideas. We played with digital effects. We played with uh, bleach bypass. We played with all kinds of different ways of differentiating that. And in the scripts, if you look at the scripts from those season, it would say shot in the same yet to be determined style of the season two opener. So we knew that this sequence was going to be something that was going to be attacked over the course of the entire season, but how exactly that was going to be done was actually worked out over the course of the season. You mentioned these two episodes, No Moss, which is the 
season two finale, and then ABQ, which is the season three premiere. Both of these episodes were nominated for Emmys. What is it about these two episodes that really stand out in each season? And they, they must be different, visually speaking. Well, they're completely different, visually speaking. I mean, if you look at you know one next to the other, you'll see that there's a completely different color palette. I mean, one of the things that I wanted to do in season three when I started reading and hearing about what this what the arc of the season was going to be was I wanted it to be immediately recognizable that we were in a different kind of storytelling right now. And so I called up I called up Vince and we had a had, had a, several conversations about what possibility, uh, what were the possible uh, uh, ways of conveying that this is going to be a completely new storytelling? And we talked through what it was. We talked about this pilgrimage to this shrine. We talked about the fact that some of it was in, took place in Mexico. We talked about the heat. We talked about the illegal smuggling. We talked about the cold, calculated way that these cousins are going to be uh, portrayed and, and, and actually kill people uh, with absolutely no remorse and, and no morality uh, to them. So all of this stuff weighed in very, very heavily as we talked about how we were going to open the season. Then once we settled on, I said, listen, can you imagine in your head just yellow, yellow, you know, and the whole thing is yellow and there's gradient shades of yellow down to black. And he said, yeah, I can see that. And then we, we took from that point on and then we did all kinds of tests with gold filters, yellow filters, orange filters. Um, and all of that is actually very interestingly, that's not a post effect that's done in the camera. So our negative comes out looking like that. There's a big difference between season two and season three. Can you describe those changes? Yeah, the season two is much more in the sort of earth tones, the browns and the tobacco kind of a feeling. I use a lot of filtration out in the desert that, to me, accents what's going on in the desert. I take my lead from the desert. So when you go to New Mexico, when you get off the plane there, the first thing you see is brown at most times of the year. And you're taken by the brownness of it. When I first started going there, I couldn't even see it just looked dead to me. Just looked like like dried up vegetation and just dead. As you spend more time there, you start to see subtleties in it, and you start to see the changes of the seasons, and you see different degrees of brown and different degrees of tobacco colors and 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 golds and whatnot. Um, uh, until uh, of course when the monsoon comes or when heavy rains come, and then all of a sudden the 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 desert erupts in color and green and everything. Things that were just dead before are now vibrantly alive. So so those are the things that led me my first season when I was there. As I started to get to know it better, I I I believe we started to introduce a lot more color into it. Then I wanted something to contrast with that brown and with those those sort of earth tones. So I wanted something that would stand out very graphically strong. So season three has much more of a yellow gold feel to it in all of the exteriors. How did you accomplish these looks, technically speaking? We used filtration. We did a lot of tests and we ended up using a straw. I believe it's a number three for all of the Mexico exteriors and Mexico flashbacks for season three. And we use, I use tobacco filters on the uh, desert stuff whenever we're outside in uh, Albuquerque. What I'm going to do in season four, I don't know yet. And you shot on film. Everything is shot on film. Everything's shot on Kodak film. 
we have we carry three stocks. We carry the 5201, which is their ASA 50 stock, which is all of the day exteriors in the desert are shot. That's for a bunch of reasons. One is the color reproduction on that stock is, I think, I think unsurpassed. I mean, it is just an incredible stock. It gets the contrast between the blues of the sky, which are striking in New Mexico, and the browns of the uh, of the desert. I mean, it's it, it's just just does a beautiful job and or, and an organic job. It it doesn't look artificial to me, even when I start throwing filters on. And uh, uh, I, I will often do things to darken the sky because I think the sky in New Mexico, which is one of the first things you notice when you get there, is a character as well. So I'm always using a polarizer. I'm always grading down the sky. And I don't do that in post. I do it as if it was as if it was a film. And uh, very, very little is gradded, you know, gradded. Very, very few grads are added later on in post. We do that almost exclusively with, uh, with filters when we shoot. That was part one of a two-part interview with Michael Slovis ASC about his work on the AMC television series Breaking Bad. Look out for part two of this podcast, available with additional episodes, blogs, and articles at theasc.com. This has been the American Cinematographer Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find more podcasts, blogs, and exclusive ASC content by logging onto theasc.com. This podcast has been brought to you by the American Society of Cinematographers, a nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting the art and craft of cinematography.